Hello, and welcome to the first episode of a show I'm calling One Quarter Portion for the debut episode. This is a test for a potential new show coming from Who Talks First, in which I, CT, and other guests will do short uh, 10, 15, 30 minute episodes dissecting our favorite themes, theories, and tropes from the Star Wars saga. This show is a test and may not continue, so please let us know what you think at Knights of Rant. From a certain point of view, this iconic line has led every Star Wars fan to think twice about what they see in front of them. What started out as a line to explain perhaps a plot hole as the original trilogy developed, uh, now keeps moviegoers on their toes for the next big twist. For better or for worse. Perhaps though the best twist of the sequel trilogy being that there really was no twist when it came to Rey's parents. Finally. But while we examine the sequel trilogy, there are other themes in the film that are interesting to explore within the context of Obi-Wan's line from a certain point of view. In particular, his namesake, Ben Solo, aka Kylo Ren. The theme around sons in Star Wars has always had their prominence, and I'm speaking of the S-U-N son, while the S-O-N son have also had an even larger role. But the star has also had its inklings and scatterings in the original films, most notably the twin sons of Tatooine. But on today's episode, we are going to take an in-depth look at the role of the son versus son in the sequel trilogy. The theme is more prominent in The Force Awakens, but it is evident in both films. I am far from the first person to make this correlation and explore what it may mean for the sequel trilogy, so I will include any links I find to any further writings I find on the subject in the show notes. If you would like to submit your own writing on the subject matter, though, please email us at knightsofrant at gmail.com. Parent-child relationships have always been a core of Star Wars since Vader first declared, I am your father. But now that a generation has passed, the Sun Torch has been passed down to Ben Solo. Starkiller Base, though well named after Luke Skywalker's original last name, it also earns its name from, well, the fact that it, it kills a star. Clever name, Armitage, I'm guessing Hawks named it, I don't know. But while it gains its power from stars, and multiple of them over the course of the film, it is only referenced as the sun. This is already a red flag in a way because the term sun isn't even uttered in the original trilogy. It's not common terminology in this universe. In fact, using this particular word makes very little sense contextually for one. The planet is called Starkiller. We could acknowledge that it just kills a star. The term sun is not a generalized specification for a class of stars. It is just the name of our star in our solar system. But given that we don't really have a widely acknowledged term for a star that keeps a planet warm, I'll let it slide. The term sun is used a little bit more in the prequels, but it is rare. In an example I found, it's even from a deleted scene from Attack of the Clones, in which Anakin mentions that his only home had ever been where his mother had been, marking himself as the sun, the S-O-N. Padme's next line is a foreboding take about relocating children after the sun had begun to implode. You see where I'm going here? Uh, even though this scene was cut, it can be compared to the themes of the sequel trilogy and basically what I'm getting at here. Uh, lastly, the sun in the sequel trilogy is always specific, as if there was always just one. It was never a sun, it is the sun. Even though we see multiple stars destroyed in Starkiller's reign, it stands out in just a peculiar enough way that makes you wonder what it could mean from another audience viewpoint, if you thought of it from a certain point of view. Now, mind you, we are looking at metaphors for the trilogy rather than a literal meaning. So when I make these comparisons, it's not saying that we are literally talking about Kylo. We're talking about exploring that second meaning by changing the context. We will do that frequently here, 
and what it means to view things metaphorically in a heightened way. So let us examine The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi if we change the context of those sun slun lines. Finn is the first person to explain how Starkiller works. After Snap's reconnaissance mission, which ended up getting them all screwed, honestly, where is the Snap-Wexley discourse, guys? Y'all, this homeboy led the First Order straight to their home base, and I see no shit on him. Uh, but as Finn explains how Starkiller works, it uses the power of the sun, which we already can bounce back to Han's dialogue on the bridge to his son, Snoke is only using you for your power. Finn continues, As the weapon is charged, the sun is drained until it disappears. Cut to Leia. And as Han finishes on the bridge, when he gets what he wants, he'll crush you. When Snoke has gotten everything he can from him, he'll be worthless. He'll be eliminated. Meanwhile, Kylo is trying to convince his father or himself that Ben Solo is gone, but Han knows this not to be true. And as I hope we can believe Han, Leia, Luke, and Rey about Ben's possibilities, we can recognize that Kylo's conflict is real. But the suns, both S-U-N and S-O-N, are drained simultaneously at once. Poe delivers a line during the bombing run. When the sun is gone, that weapon will be ready to fire. But as long as there's light, we've got a chance. Well, admittedly, this line is very, very on the nose. But uh, there are, there's still a connotation deeper than the blatantly obvious one. Because this scenario plays out with both suns as well. First, of course, the literal meaning. The first sun is drained and the weapon is ready and the planet is now in total darkness. But we also see the light drain from the bridge, that pool of light around Ben as he considers giving his father the saber and truly going home. But as the literal light fade, so does the metaphorical light within the force. We see it drain from Ben's face. When the sun is gone, that weapon will be ready to fire. Your sun is gone. The language is very repetitive in a way that only works in film and not on paper, making this theme or motif really quite a brilliant one. The light is gone, and well, we know what happens next. The sun is gone. Now, this is only the first movie of the trilogy. What is the point of a trilogy if our characters aren't changing past the first film? That's not really a saga. The parable of the prodigal son is used within Kylo a lot. It's a common literary trope with biblical origins, and it also coincidentally comes from the book of Luke. Coincidence? Probably, but also, case in point... Um, I'm calling it here if that was intentional. In short, it's a take of atonement and redemption within a family. The son leaves and wastes his life away and returns after hitting an all-time low and uh, begs for forgiveness, even though he expects it to be too late, and offers to work for atonement. And at its core, it also becomes a debate between law, merit, and reward versus love and graciousness. Which, who knows if this is intentional, but this has been a, actually a huge community debate within the, the, the community space, um, if, if they're aware of the original story or not. Uh, the father in this story, representative of God, says his love is not dependent on perfection, but their willingness to admit wrongdoing and to feel remorse, their ability to come back to him at the end of the day. And that is the lesson. Now, the theme of the sun is a little less prominent in The Last Jedi, but I still believe it is very much worth talking about. It's in a simple line, something Leia would always say, and it's important that this dialogue is established as coming from her, the mother. Hope is like the sun. If you only believe in it when you see it, you'll never make it through the night. Which is, first and foremost, an attempted message to Poe to get him to trust and have faith without knowing the future, but it also can be tied to how Leia, Rey, and eventually Luke end the film with Kylo. 
Luke knows he can never be the one to save Kylo, but he seems to have an idea that he can be saved. The novelizations make these statements even clearer. Leia has inner dialogue about believing that Rey may even be able to save Ben. Luke believes in the statement, no one has ever really gone. And Rey in the novelization, after coming to terms that she cannot be the one to kill Kylo, truly believes in the will of the Force, and that the Force has a plan yet. Or in Kylo's own words, we're not done yet. All three of these characters, our hero character and legacy heroes, believe there is something to be saved. And I'll probably talk about this frequently, but I, I want to believe that our heroes are right. Because while the Resistance is in its darkest hour and all seems impossible, you need to believe in change to make it through the night. While Kylo is not our story's hero, much like our son, the story revolves around him. He's the force that, no pun intended, that ties everyone together. He's the only character to have a seen relation with every other main character, and he also gives conflict motivation to each of those characters. He's connected to Rey through the Force, he's uh, former co-workers with Finn, he's the only child of Han and Leia and nephew of Luke. He even has significant scenes with Poe, and hell, it took Rey two movies to say hello to him. He is this story's conflict. Kylo Ren is this story's conflict. Given we really have no established First Order ideology in the films, He's what ties it all together, the sun. But we also have a second part of that Leia quote, and on this podcast, I will acknowledge reaching, but I also like to have fun when I see it. The full quote, again, is hope is like the sun. If you only believe in it when you see it, you'll never make it through the night. Ben Solo, the sun, versus Kylo Ren, the night, the KN version. Both those nouns are interchangeable to fit both themes. You'll never make it through the exterior if you don't believe they are capable of change. If you don't believe in the possibility of goodness, no one will fight for it and make it possible. Thank you for tuning in to the first potential episode of One Quarter Portion, a short-form essay podcast exploring Star Wars themes and theories. If you would like the show to continue on a weekly or bi-weekly basis, please let us know at Nights of Rant. Don't worry, we will continue posting uh, episodes of Who Talks First on this. Uh, this is just a test to see if you guys would be interested in something like this. Um, thank you guys for listening. Again, my name is CT, and if you have written anything on this subject and would like it included in the show notes, please email your writing to nightsofrant at gmail.com. Thank you again. 